0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises.
1: Good morning and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host Soyini Koch. As you CEOs know, access to great talent is one of the lifebloods of your business. And on today's show, we're going to talk about some of the trends that are going to be affecting your ability to source and retain and utilize talent, um, no matter what industry you're in. I'm really excited to have on today's show an award-winning team from Primrose Schools, their CEO, Joe Kirshner, and their president, Steve Clemente. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. you. Good morning. Appreciate it. So, Joe, first of all, tell us a little bit about Primrose. I know that you're a franchisor. Um, and the schools and like who you serve, just give us a little bit of background. Sure. We
2: have 357 schools in 20 states across the country. Primrose is the leader in early education and care, so, uh, very high quality early education and quality childcare. Um, we made the decision early on, we were started here in Atlanta, but made the decision early on to take a route that had never been done in in early childhood education, and that was to franchise the concept Mm. in order to put leadership that's consistent at the community level in the local community um, with no turnover so there would be consistency, and then also people with skill sets who would be able to recruit high-quality people to ensure that delivery model. And then we took franchising also. Um, and we were pretty revolutionary in that we we built a framework and then replicated it. That's what franchising is: is replicating systems. So we replicated the early childhood education model. We replicated the operation systems for safety, and then we replicated the um, uh, marketing so that they could do it at the local level. And then we built a plan for at the market level, and then built a plan for the national level as we grew. What ages do you serve? So we start... sorry. That's okay, I'm sorry. At six weeks. Okay. So we go through kindergarten, full day, from 6.30 to 6.30, and then we serve the same families who have children up to the third
1: grade, so after-school programs and uh, before-school programs for working parents. Mm. And what are the trends that you and Steve are, are seeing that you think our CEO listeners should be aware of? So every CEO in the country is dealing with the challenges of
2: globalization and technology. So cultural diversity, inclusion, as well as the impact of technology on business, as We see it in the retail world. You can think about Uber and how it's uh-huh. impacted the world, right? And so what is happening is everything is changing at light speed. And we actually did a survey recently. We surveyed um, human resource experts who were um, focused on recruitment. And we asked them what was the greatest need they were seeing. And 70% of them said that there was a huge gap. In the entry level employees coming to them, even college graduates, in executive functioning skills. So when I when I say that, a lot of people wonder, well, what what's that, and why would you have that, you know, at that age? Um, we're talking about um, social emotional skills, soft skills like adaptability, teamwork, problem solving, risk taking. Those skills are critical because 65 percent of the jobs that our third graders today will take don't even exist yet. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I know given a lot of the shows that we've done over the past year talking about disruption and technology, our CEOs are very aware of that. couple of follow-up questions for you. So why would you choose to do that survey when you're working with six-week to eight-year-old children?
2: That does seem a little odd, doesn't yeah. it? But the reality is... The uh, Harvard Center for the Developing Child has done a lot of research, research on early brain development, and the research shows that those skills are established in the first five years of life. Mm. The brain development that uh, is so critical to the success of every human being, um, whether it be in their personal life or their business life, is taking place from birth to five years old. It's most of the cells of the neurons, the neuron connectors and the brain cells development happen in the first five years of life. So any skills that are instilled in children, like confidence and competence and those words I used earlier, um, the respect for others, values, those things stay with a child the rest of their life. Mm.
0: And, and I would say the thing that amazed me the most about... So I've been with Primrose a little over a year. And the thing that amazed me the most is you know being uh, in leadership and in executive positions uh, for what seems like my whole life, but uh, hasn't been my whole life. Um, the impact that uh, Primrose makes on those children and what they're going to grow up and become is just phenomenal. And so that connection for me as a leader those were skill sets that that I needed as part of our team and to be part of a company that actually can have an impact on that was was huge and it was a huge connection for me when when uh, uh, I joined the Primrose team.
1: So this might be asking you to reveal a little bit of your secret sauce. But what do you do at Primrose that gives children these skills?
2: So we have a we t- we've integrated the two leading philosophies in early education which is Child initiated, so the child makes their choice a portion of the day in those areas that really interest them. And then the other part of the day, the teacher is guiding. And we use a model, an early learning model, which starts with play, because children do learn through play, then exploration, so teaching the children to think out of the box. Then the teacher guides them through instruction and then assesses if they've learned a concept. And we're very disciplined about that. And then we actually have proprietary curriculum. So we've written... Curriculum. Over the last couple of years, we developed uh, a STEAM science, technology, engineering, art, and math curriculum with early learning experts across the country. And we've written curriculum for the teachers to follow in every single classroom so they can focus on the children and their individual skills. And then everybody follows the same approach. So year after year, the children are building skills intentionally, purposefully through play and
1: through learning. Uh, And the results are phenomenal. And for, so some of the CEOs I've been speaking with are already seeing some of these issues. Like the current workforce may not be fulfilling the needs that they have. And I know as jobs change and jobs go away, and technology replaces um, various aspects of the economy, this, you know, as you mentioned, this problem is only going to be exacerbated what happens when you have employees or you have a significant portion of the workers that may not have these skills already? And this, and I, you know, I would hope that there's hope for people after five years old. <laughs> <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> um, but now you're putting on, instead of putting on your early childhood education hat, put you know, putting on your uh, leadership CEO hat. What's your recommendation for helping employees develop these skills when they're not Five years old when they're, you know, 35 years old.
0: Well, what what, what I'll say is, um, you know, I, I remember when I when I started at Primrose and and started learning about our balanced learning approach. And I started thinking about my daughter. So I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old daughter. And one day I went into Joe's office and I had my head down. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, we really messed up with Ashley and Anna. I wish <laughs> I would have been in Primrose a lot earlier. And Joe's like, no, 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 you did a great job. And so wh- what I would say is, you know, a lot of uh, there are a lot of parents out there that uh, intuitively, and you don't realize that you you actually are doing some of the things that are the secret of the you know the primrose success. And so, um, I think as leaders, when you have teams and and right, you have you have individuals that are great at some things and have opportunities at others. It's taking that time to coach those those gaps that they may have, and being very intentional about you know sitting down and discussing those and. And, you know, I, I talk about practice a lot as, as a leader, right? So when you think about sports, you have teams that are practicing throughout the week. Let's say it's football and they're playing games on the weekend. And um, when you're practicing, you have a chance to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. But in business, when do you have a chance to make mistakes, right? So uh,
1: Consequences are usually pretty severe. That's
0: right. And so I think uh, allowing your team the flexibility to be able to learn, uh, if they make a mistake, turn that into a positive. So feed forward as opposed to feedback and really investing your time I like that. In developing people. Right. And so when you, when you ask leaders, what's the most important piece of success to your business, they will always tell you team people. Mm-hmm. When you ask them, what percent of the time do you spend on the team as opposed to the business? Mm-hmm. Those percentages are different. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so if it is the most important thing to your business, to the success of your company, then you have to invest the time in doing it. Great.
2: And I would just add one way to try to minimize um, the amount of people that don't have the skill sets you need if it's intentional in the recruiting process. At we we have a a belief statement that um, who children become is as important as what they know. In our mindset or our culture of the way we recruit staff, we really look for people who are passionate about the work that we do, because if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're usually going to be successful at it. And then we also look for the aligned values and the skill sets that we're looking for. We're very, very intentional about it. So in the franchise model, even the franchise owners we recruit, they go through who they are first and what are they passionate about and why do they want to do this business, not Do you have enough money to do this business? Because enough money doesn't bring success. It
1: has to be a passion for what we do. Mm. And how do you, if you don't mind sharing a few of the details, because I think it'll be valuable for uh, others, other leaders listening. How do you evaluate soft things like passion? Because doesn't everybody come to an interview like, oh, my God, it's so great. And I love children. Sure, I do. How do you evaluate those things authentically?
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's a great word. Authentic, right? And so when I think about the Primrose brand, you know, when you think about the words that, you know, those those words that align with the Primrose brand, authentic is one of the biggest ones that I think explains who we are. It's, so it's a combination of time, right? Getting the time to know people. So to Joe's point, who you are is just as important as what you know. And so we take the time to do that. And we involve a lot of folks on our end to spend the time to get to know who those individuals are. We also use some assessment tools to help us out with that piece as well. Again, it's a it's a combination of things. It's not if this, than that, but it's a combination of things. And then I would tell you in business, uh, and I think a lot of leaders out there know this, uh, intuition is huge, right? And I would, uh, I would say that uh, when when I look at a leader like Joe, her intuition is spot on, and that is evident in our company and in our culture and what we do.
1: I think in the in reading the the backgrounder, y- you've grown Primrose from like a really small number to the three hundred and fifty that are units that you have now, and you've won you know awards like you know the best I think the best, best uh CEO something like that. Um, how did you? scale this this process cuz it's one thing maybe you're going to tell me i'm wrong but intuition is hard to scale i don't know that you can scale intuition so how did you how do you scale that so i didn't have any experience
2: in franchising or running a company my background was sales and marketing mm. but franchising is a framework for scaling one of the other key skills i think of great leaders is that you continually learn from the best so for me personally, when the founders retired, when we were at about 60 schools, I, I knew I was going to need, if I was going to achieve a national brand one day, which was always my vision to serve children all across the country and their families, I knew I was going to have to learn everything I could learn from all the best people I could find. And I've never stopped doing that. And I'm still doing that, which is why Steve is sitting here. Um, because we are at the tipping point of really becoming recognized as a national brand. And I knew that scaling to that level, we were going to need a leader who had experienced that. And Steve's experience, most of his career was with Target, which also did a fast trajectory coming out of a downturn like we have of growth. And so again, bringing in, <clears throat> excuse me, bringing in people who have those skill sets, and learning from them, not being afraid to hire people who have skill sets you don't is really the key to success
0: mm. yeah and, and when i when I think of scale too you know you're you're constantly trying to trying to strike the balance of being too rigid right where you lose creativity right so you want processes and standards and best practices but then you also want to have that flexibility to where your team has the time to be creative and think outside the box and so it's striking the right balance as you grow, right? So when you're when you're a smaller company, you know, you are, uh, y- your agility is there, right? They're, it's very agile. And as you get larger, uh, you can tend to lose some of that agility. And so what's key in a, a company like Primrose that's been innovative, that has that systems approach, that has, you know, that's been built on the backbone of, of uh, franchising is maintaining that, Agility within what you do, so that way you keep that innovation going, and you don't get stuck in the red tape, and things don't take a long time to get done.
1: Mm, great. Well, listeners, we're talking to Joe and Steve from Primrose Schools. The second half of the show, we turn the conversation a little bit to, a little bit to talking about culture and how you've instilled the culture and how you lead and use people to create these this this awesome company. So. Where I want to start is, Steve, you mentioned that you've been at Primrose for a relatively short time, like a year, I think you said?
0: Yeah, about 14 months. Okay, great.
1: Joe, how did you know that it was time? Just studying other brands that Mm -hmm. had reached
2: the tipping point, reading the book, The Tipping Point. (laughs) (laughs) And really, two of the books that have influenced me significantly are the books Good to Great and Built Mm -hmm. to Last. Mm -hmm. And in those books, they talk about the scaling a business and a brand. And when you reach that point, how the business needs different types of leadership brought in um, and experienced leadership that have already been gone gone through those curves. So I knew as we were reaching a certain level that the skill sets I had, I could could preserve the core. But some of the skill sets that needed to come into the company to stimulate the progress and take advantage of being at a pivotal point in the brand where we had the right service. The right system and um, a situation within the marketplace where there was huge research showing importance of early childhood education and quality childcare for the workforce uh, and for the future workforce. That I needed, that I needed certain skills I didn't have, so I knew it. And then it was a matter of
1: being patient, patient enough to find the right person. Mm. That's hard to do sometimes. It is, and for m- the middle market, the strength of the bench of the leadership team is often the biggest constraint to the growth. So share with us a little bit about that process that you went through, you know, and like how you figured out what it is that you were looking for, because you could have maybe chosen a couple other different positions to help you. I mean, and I I don't know exactly what your leadership team looks like, but some people go for um, strategic finance and some people go for maybe somebody who's more operations. So how did you know which role and let share that process with us. A so it's kind of
2: interesting because you you serve that middle sized company for the most part or the small emerging going to mid sized. My first intuition was to recruit a chief operating officer. Mm-hmm. Then I could find out if they were going to be the right person, not only to help grow the company, but for long term succession planning, and going out there recruiting in that in that mode. I just wasn't finding the right person and getting a bit as- exasperated over it. I made the decision that the best people for the position were probably going to be presidents somewhere else. And being a president was going to be recruiting somebody and being willing to let go and trust. Trust is in our vision. Trust is at the core of our culture. Um, and finding a person, when you've spent 25 years building a brand from a vision you know, three schools to 350-plus, understanding that that trust factor was going to have to be there, that became really important to me that that whoever was going to leave a career and come here had to trust that I was going to let go and let them grow and let them grow the brand and be willing to take it in some directions that I hadn't taken it. And so making that change to recruit a president instead of a chief operating officer and being willing to trust, take a risk, I'm taking a lot of risks, but that was a big
1: one. Really changed the trajectory of bringing the right person on board. And Steve, share with us your, the, that process from your perspective.
0: Yeah. So when I got the call, <laughs> when I got the call from a recruiter, actually uh, the recruiter Joe was using, and a phenomenal lady that I've known for years, and she said, "Hey, I, I think I have a great opportunity for you. Uh, have you heard of a company called Primrose?" And I'm like, "No. What retail are they in?" <laughs> And she's like, "They're not. They're they're. You're not supposed to say this, but they're in childcare." And I'm like, um, "Okay, well, why can't I say that?" She goes, "Well, because it's actually really a school." And so at first, I was like, "I don't know if this is going to be a great fit for me." And and so she started talking a lot about the culture and and what the company was about. And she's like, "Look, Steve, if you trust me, you have to go meet the company." And and I tell the story a lot to to folks and to our team. And I got to spend the day with Joe, and and it was unlike any interview I've ever had before because Joe. Was more focused on who I was as opposed to what I knew, right? She, it was still important what I knew was important, so I don't want to take away from from that. But, but her focus on who I was and what I'd be a great fit. And I, I left that day, flew back to Pittsburgh, got home, and told my wife, "If I don't get this job, we're going to own some primrose schools <laughs> and run them." And she's like, "Steve, are you crazy?" I'm like, "No, this thing is phenomenal." And so, you know, what, what's what's interesting about you know, you mentioned you know, middle market companies and those types of things, and and Joe taking risk on on leaders, and so. You know, what I've seen over the years, um, especially coming from a company's largest target, I've worked for a couple of the large companies, making that change from a large company to a mid-market company. And a lot of times leaders in positions in large companies are, it's more execution based, right? So you're on the plane and you are executing and you're still focused on a lot of those leadership leadership skills that are important around team and uh, strategies and those types of things. But making that change from actually being in the plane and flying the plane is a big difference. And there's a learning curve there. And so, what I would, the advice I would give is um, looking for those qualities or those behaviors in those individuals that have the ability to switch from riding in the plane to actually helping fly the plane. And there's going to be some bumps along the way. And so when I made the change first from a big company to a mid-market company, after about a month, I, put, I was at my desk and I said to myself, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> and I called one of my mentors and I was like, hey, look, you know, I don't know if this is right for me. And, and, you know, he kind of, you know, walked me back from the cliff and he's like, look, this is what what you're great at. Right. And so these are the things that you like to do. And uh, just reminded me, right? That mentor reminded me of of why I chose what I what I have done. And so, uh, being able to apply that, right, and being able to take those those skill sets that I learned, I've learned at other companies and things I've done, and be able to blend those and with Joe's uh, leadership and coaching uh, into our our focus and, and our business has just been tremendous. And um, I, I'm having it an absolute blast. Um, <laughs> so.
1: How do you go about instilling these values across this, you know, wide base of, of institutions and people and, and leaders? Because every, um, every primrose school has to, you know, embrace the values and hopefully carry them out in a way that is consistent across the entire system. So you can do
2: the things that most companies do, which is establish a vision, a mission, have plaques, write brochures, have training. But the real truth is culture comes from the top and you have to role model it. Mm -hmm. You have to live it. And people will buy into it when they see it and know that you believe it and you live it. And that was another reason why not just Steve, but Really, every employee that we recruit, we look for that. If if we don't feel like they can emulate that same alignment to the vision and the mission, then they're probably not going to be happy and thrive. And that intentional recruiting that way has been huge for this brand. You know, to have a CEO that's been the same CEO for 25 years is is not normal. <laughs> but so I think that has something to do with the fact that Whatever the culture is, it's very, very strong because it's been the same culture. It's never changed, mm. right? That's that piece of the book, Good to Great, Preserve the Core. Um, Disney's, there's brands that have done it. Disney's done it. While that brand has evolved and changed dramatically, right? They've gone from being a, an entertainment co- I mean, from being a, park, a park and yeah. a cartoon to an entertainment company. But their core, their core mission and vision is the same. Right. And that that's how you really build the culture. You have to live it. And you have to have surround yourself with leaders who are able to do that in alignment with you. And you know, the hardest part is if you don't have the right person, and I've been there, we'll get the right skill sets, but the wrong character, the wrong culture, the wrong leadership skills, right? Not alignment. You can't just make a choice to grow at, a, at all costs if you really are intentional about the culture.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I would say is you have to be relentless about uh, talking. You know, it, I remember when I first became a CEO and, and what what amazed me is the amount of time I actually spent talking about the vision and the culture and how consistent that was and how relentless that was. You know, because, you know, in your mind, you're like, okay, I'm the CEO and I'm going to spend a lot of time on strategic planning and, <laughs> and I'm going to spend a lot of time doing this and doing this. But what you find is, uh, you know, I, I was doing a magazine article one time and and uh, the interviewer asked me, so who do you tell your story to? And I said, anybody who will listen. And and you just be, rel- you're relentless about doing that. And, you know, when I look at, when I came to Primrose and when I saw how strong the culture was and when I when you when you sit down and have a chance to talk to Joe you see how she continues to talk and communicate that message over and over and over again and creates that consistency and that's what really builds that culture and then to her point you surround yourself with a team of people that believe in what you're doing and you can move mountains mm. and and that's what permos has done for the past 35 years
2: I would just also add it's not just telling the story but then capturing it over and over again when you see it, mm. right? Across the organization. Raising it up every time you see it replicated to where everybody celebrates it.
1: So one of the things that, that fascinates me, because we're human, right? We're human and, you know, everybody falls short. That's right. How do you gently but, you know, forcefully you know, redirect when you see something, you know, let's say somebody behaves in a not trustworthy behavior, you in know, a, in a not trustworthy way. Like, what do you do to correct? So Steve can
2: can address this as well, but I, I have had situations where that's happened, where you've been successful at having an open and honest conversation with someone and giving them guidance and mentoring them and helping them turn the corner and get on the path, Right on the other hand when that happens over and over again you can understand anybody can make mistake even once or twice but when it's repetitive you have to recognize the danger that is to the rest of the culture and the rest of the organization and the culture steve what would you say about
0: that yeah i've always kind of thought to myself i've always been a glasses half full type person and joe is that way too we're both glass half full type of folks
1: almost all people who are you know leading <laughs> mid market companies you have to be optimistic right you just, right? You just have yeah. to
0: and and so i believe people don't wake up in the morning and say i'm going to go screw up today right i'm going to go kick somebody off at work today right and so things happen to folks right and finding out why somebody is making mistakes or why somebody is heading down the direction they 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 shouldn't be heading down and then sitting down and having an honest conversation with them right and so that's that that's that conflict resolution, conflict management that we talked about that I think is a, is a gap in a lot of leadership skills today, right? And so you're, you're constantly coaching people on how you do that. It's sitting down with people and having those trusted, honest relationships. And if things don't work out, you just have a conversation. It's not, you you don't get emotional about it. You stay factual and, what i've found over the years is is some of the best relationships that i have with individuals are folks that no longer work for me and and it's because of that respect and because of that building of trust and maybe somebody needs a do over right it it doesn't mean that they aren't a great person or a great leader it just means that it wasn't a fit at your current organization and that's okay that that happens in business that happens in life and so but approaching it as as a glass half full type of situation really, I think helps uh, both individuals or parties get through that, that what could be a difficult situation. Mm
1: -hmm. And one of the things that you mentioned is um, not getting emotional. And so how do you, when you're having these difficult conversations, any thoughts on maintaining emotional restraint or just, you know, because sometimes, and, and as business leaders, even this, the sound of your voice can shift people, you know, how, how do you kind of come to these difficult conversations from a neutral level, um, restrained kind of demeanor?
0: Yeah, well, what I would tell you is if, if you've been in business long enough, you've been on both sides of the table, right? And so um, not forgetting that, right? Uh, wearing their hat, walking in their shoes, and really understanding what it feels like to be the individual on the other side of the table. And, and having respect for that, whether that's using self-disclosure, uh, whether that is... What does is, that mean? Meaning saying like, look, I've, I've been where you are today. Mm. I know how you're feeling, right? And, um, you know, telling people, hey, this is not a fun conversation for either of us, but it's a conversation that has to happen. And, and really bring in some um, humility to the conversation. And, Ooh, that's a big word again, it, it, it goes back to trust, right? Mm-hmm. If, if people trust you and trust that you have their best interest at hand, they may not agree with you. They may not like what you have to say, but they're going to respect you. And I think that's really important. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that hit me when, when, um, I met Joe for the first time, and even though Joe is not the founder, she's like the founder, her The respect and trust that she has for individuals is huge and and
1: I imagine that they have for her too
0: exactly and 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 she builds that and she cultivates that in relationships and and that goes a long way uh, when you're a leader
2: I would just add, you know whether you're exiting from the company or you're a franchise owner that is being asked to exit because we've done it. Um, We have this saying, I don't remember exactly when it got coined that way, but exit with integrity. Mm. And when you, as Steve just said, when you walk in the other person's shoes and you're really thinking about what's best for them, sometimes exiting the wrong situation is the best path for them to get to where they want to go and be in the place they need to be, because that's where they're going to be successful. And so if that's the approach you take, and you always are thinking about how to help someone exit with integrity, to get up and walk out with their held, head held high about where they're headed and, and how you've helped them, then it doesn't have to be emotional. Mm. It's not about crushing somebody. It's about helping them on their next
1: step. Great. Well, listeners, we're talking to Primrose Schools, their CEO, Joe Kirshner, and President Steve Clemente. Um, thanks for a great show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So as we close, I would love to hear anything new and exciting that's happening at Primrose. I know that you're opening a school in my neighborhood, yes. which is nice. Um, Grant Park for, for listeners. Um, Grant Park in Atlanta. Anything else? Where can people get this wonderful um, research that you completed? So I
2: will just, first of all, say one thing I'm very, very excited about. We've been working on this for more than five years. Uh, just this past December, we opened our first two employer-sponsored schools at a corporation, a Fortune 50 company that that agreed to partner with Primrose. And we have two on-site child care centers wow, that's um, big. in Cincinnati. There are about 1,000 of them across the country. So beyond what we do today, um, that is a huge opportunity for growth for us. And we're very, very excited about it. So um And how can they get the study? If they go to com, they'll be able to link off of the site and find the study there.
0: Yeah. And the the other thing I would add to to Joe's point, and that's a huge opportunity for for Primrose and and a great spot for us to be in uh, with employer-sponsored. We also are starting to move into what we refer to as small suburban cities. So Primrose typically had that you know started in you know more suburban areas, and so we're now moving into more small suburban cities as well as urban. We've also just recently really started stepping up our partnerships with multi-school operators, and so there's a lot of excitement at the brand. There has been a lot of excitement for a lot of 35 years, but but uh, for the past 35 years. But um, when we look at our path forward, uh, I tell you that that's what energizes us every every single day our our goal of serving more children and uh, when you think about the impact again that we're making on children that we don't even know what they're going to do 18 20 years from now but
1: you do know that they're going to have executive functions we, we do know they're
0: going to have <laughs> executive functioning skills it brings us a ton of pride
2: well we're actually raising america's next generation right we we believe that children are the future. They are the future. And we have a responsibility. And, and I, I do want to just add, not just to the children we serve, but to all children. We have a children's foundation. We're thought leaders. We work with a lot of organizations to um, instill the importance at the federal level, the state level, the nonprofit level, um, that all children, regarding what zip code they're born in, have the opportunity to grow and be successful at whatever they choose to do. And they need that high-quality early childhood education
1: to set them on the right course. Awesome. Well, thank you, listeners. You're uh, talking. We're talking once again with uh, Primrose Schools, their CEO, Joe Kirshner, President Steve Clemente. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. You've been listening to CEO Exclusive. I hope you have a profitable, productive, and very prosperous week.
0: This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at AnonaEnterprises.com.